Hello and welcome, you are listening to the 10 for 2 podcast with me, your host, George Hutton. Our guest today is Ricky Posner, who has spent pretty much his whole life growing up at Camp Kindering. He is the self-proclaimed Rutsball home run king, Olympic leader in 2000 and the torchbearer of 2011. So welcome, Ricky Posner. Thanks, George. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, doing business with you over here. Very excited to be part of the uh, 10 for 2 Kindering podcast. Really exciting and uh, excited to be chatting with you. Haven't heard your voice in a long time. That's it. Yeah, it has, has been a while. So um, it's it's a little bit of a test run, the very very first one, to see how it how it works and if people actually want to hear it. Um, but as you say, the, the 10 for 2 podcast. So you grew up at camp with your parents working there what what how old were you when you you first went to camp yeah so my parents um took my brother and i to camp with them back in 1984 i was two years old um we the we had um the people i consider my grandparents lived in my apartment building in brooklyn and um they always talked about camp and my parents always uh had this you know, dream to bring us to Kindering. The first time that they visited, they fell in love with it. So they said, uh, we want to work there and we want to bring our kids there and, you know, raise our family there. So summer of 1984, packed up the station wagon and started up at Kindering. And my father was originally started as the co-head of arts and crafts. And my mom worked as a camp mother in the infirmary. So she was giving lice checks and, um, you know, making sure all the kids were happy and their toenails were clipped. So that started back in 1984. And my dad, my mom, and my brother continued to be at camp until 1997, which was my um, work group summer, or as we now call it, our SIT summer. And that was the three of them. That was their last year at camp. And... Uh, yeah, I just uh, stayed for the ride. Amazing. So you're obviously started out off as a nice little family. Um, obviously, being being two years old, you probably weren't weren't old enough to be in in the bunks and doing all the normal activities. So what did you do for the first, I guess, four or five years of of camp? Yeah. So from eighty four to eighty six, uh, camp had a day camp program for the adult staff's children, and at that time we had. Um, a lot of adult staff who had children that were up at camp with them, but not of the age to be living in the bunks and, you know, be a part of a regular um, division. So they created uh, the day camp. So I did that for three summers. Then in 1987, when I was six or seven, something like that, um, I was a commuter which meant that I was a soft boy, but I just didn't live in the bunk with um, my fellow campers. I stayed in my parents' bungalow. So 1987 was really the first year that um, I did everything that a camper would do. So, you know, I spent four years as a soft boy from 1987 to 1990. And um, during those three years, I actually... um, you know, one of the people that I look up to the most, and I still do to this day, I had not only as my counselor, but I had as my group leader for three years, and that was Eric Roth. So for me, that was the chance, you know, I really 
loved having him as a group leader, one of the most, you know, uh, pivotal kindering people for me. And I really, you know, I, I take a lot of what, how I do my job at camp as to how Eric did that job. And he really put us as campers first and wanted to make sure that we were having the best time ever. And he was just someone that was easy to talk to. And he was kind to everyone and he was fun. So, um, you know, that was, that was the early years. So you, you, you learned from the best. Um, I remember the first time I met Eric, I had my very first summer, I had his son, Zach, as as one of my campers. And so he was, uh, Eric's one of the first parents I met. And just remember being really nervous to meet all the parents and, and not to say anything wrong or anything like that. And I remember he was really, really nice and made me feel kind of comfortable as soon as I met him. And obviously I've now known him for almost 10 years. So he's a, he's a legend, as you say. Um, how did you how did you find the transition from being a commuter and being used to sleeping in your parents' cabin to then then staying over in the in the bunks? A long time ago, George, but um, <laughs> I, I think that I, I handled the transition fairly well. I you know from a seven year old to an eight year old, um, you know it, it's it, it was it was good for me in that I had my parents at camp with me and that helped in the transition. Um, but I didn't use it as kind of a, um, you know, a way out of things of knowing like, oh, I have my parents here. Um, I could really, you know, get away with whatever I want. Or if I need something, I could go right to them. Because that's not how camp operated. Um, our director at the time, Ron Klein, um, that was not acceptable. You know, if you were a parent of um, who worked at camp, you did your job. Maybe if you caught a, a, you know, a glimpse of your kid and maybe gave them a wave, that was kind of how it worked every once in a while. If I was at arts and crafts or if I was in the infirmary, I would, you know, be able to see my, my dad or my mom. But I think the, you know, it was about learning how to, you know, persevere through things without having to, you know, run back to your parents. And it taught me a lot about, you know, independence and advocating for myself. And I think those are some of really the, the key pieces that, you know, as I started as a young camper, that transitioning out of being um, a commuter and into a full-time camper, those are some of the most important things because you had to learn how to live with, you know, other kids your age. You had, uh, you know, 17, 18, 19-year-olds as your uh, parents, per se, uh, you know, as the people that you would go to. So you had to learn really, you know, I had to learn really quickly of, how to kind of fend for myself and build relationships and deal with situations that I had never dealt with before. And um, I think it worked out. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I don't think you would have been going back for so long if it wasn't wasn't such a an amazing thing. And obviously, kind of, it does just sculpt and, and make everyone into the, the person they, they become. Absolutely. Um, which is, is always interesting to, to see now. I've been going back for so much longer, obviously, the the campers I had my first few summers are now either staff or have grown up and and left and doing like crazy things around the world so it's, it's amazing to see kind of how it how it changes people how it, how it grows people so so going through from obviously like 80 88 was your first real soft summer in in the I was a, I, in 1987 as a commuter I was a, real, I was a real camper yeah that, that counts um, 87 through to I guess your work group summer in 97 yeah. Um, 
obviously you kind of saw <clears throat> saw the whole thing was the one is the one summer that kind of sticks out in your mind as as a favorite summer when you were a camper sure um i i i really have just such great memories of being a younger camper in camp and i think it was because i had so many amazing counselors and, and group leaders during that time that just made my summer so amazing um, and I think that as I got older, you know, one summer that stands out to me certainly is um, my super summer, um, 1995, when I had uh, current director Mark Rausch and current head of waterfront uh, Farah Camito, Farah Bono, as my group leaders. And they really were these larger than life personalities, as you know, George. Um, mm -hmm. And you felt that. And I think that they, the two of them, and especially Mark, was someone who um, had those similar uh, traits that Eric Roth did. You know, certainly he had his own style and his own way about doing things. Um, but he was someone that, as a super, you know, I really felt, um, you know, was a great leader and, and someone that, you know, tried and made our summer the best it could possibly be. Uh, and then moving on into my teen summer, it was probably, that's probably the, the summer that would stand out the most. You know, I think you really build those relationships, not only with the kids that you've been friends with, but it gave, it, it gave me an opportunity to get to know other campers. And it's interesting because uh, Mark Zalmanowitz or Z, who's one of our assistant heads of the waterfront, um, started in my bunk he started in 1989 and then in 1990 we were in, we, it was our first year in the same bunk together and i think it's when we really started building our friendship and up until senior super summer i don't remember which one it was um we were in the same bunk together um and we built that relationship and i think that um you know it's something that i could say that you know he's someone that i've been friends with for over 30 years and it's through camp that's really fostered that relationship for us, but that's bloomed into a really amazing, you know, best friend that I have who now lives, unfortunately, across the country in, in Washington state, but someone who I speak to all the time. Um, you know, I'm involved, you know, in his life and vice versa uh, with his daughter and his wife and his wife, who we met at camp, Erica, um, you know, it's just, it, it's pretty amazing. But certainly, you know, those those super and teen summers really stood out. And a lot of it had to do with the people that I had as my counselors and group leaders and the opportunity that I had to kind of just broaden my horizons with, you know, my friends and, you know, getting to know um, other people that I didn't know as well because we weren't in the same bunk growing up, but we were in the same division. Yeah, for sure. I think those kind of older divisions everyone kind of matures a little bit more and they get a bit more kind of trust and responsibility around around camp to almost do kind of what what they want to do within in reason so you do kind of seem to mix a little bit more the old older age groups whereas before it's kind of like one bunk and one bunk and it's not really a, a full division almost at, at sometimes um obviously with with spending pretty much your whole summer childhood at camp and then i presume during the winter and the other months you were at school for for most of the time how did how do you like kind of compare the two obviously you have different friendship groups and it is a different environment because camp's a lot more kind of fun and exciting and school's a lot more educational kind of thing but how did you kind of compare them than both 
Well, I think, you know, the, the unique thing about camp is that everything that you learn and, and take away from camp follows you wherever you are. Um, so the values that I learned at camp, the how to, um, you know, build relationships with other people, um, it, it, it followed me from camp to, I guess, <laughs> real world. And not the other way where you would think spending 10 months in, you know, your normal life that that would really be what would impact you when you go to camp, but it was really the other way around. Um, so I, I, I think that um, growing up, my I really valued the friendships that I had and built from camp, and it would follow me through to the regular part of the year. And it, and it was different back when I was growing up because you didn't have the ability to email or text or play video games with online. Um, you didn't have that opportunity to see as often your camp friends. And, you know, my parents did their best to, you know, try to shuffle me around between, you know, New York, Westchester, um, New Jersey to see my camp friends. Um, so we really tried hard to really maintain those relationships throughout the year, but it, it was a little different. So it was that I think that much more exciting that when I came back to camp, these are people that I hadn't seen in 10 months. So, you know, it was, it, it, it was really an opportunity to um, kind of go through the whole year with these high, high expectations of what the summer would have in store while, you know, getting through the year, whether, you know, through elementary, middle, high school, then on to college. And, you know, there were times when I was in college and I was a counselor and I had the opportunity to introduce, you know, college friends to camp friends. And it was always, you know, very nerve wracking because I always felt that, you know, my, my camp friends, even though I only spent two months with them, they knew me like so well, not yeah. to say that my, you know, friends from home or my college friends didn't know me, but they knew me differently because they didn't, you know, live with me for 60 days. Yeah, for sure. It's always nerve wracking, like even here, kind of introducing your, your camp friends to your 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 school friends or your your home friends, because um, it's obviously two completely different lives almost that you you do live, um, and it's hard to explain camp to your your friends from home and and stuff like that. And like you say, you kind of you are with those people twenty four seven, whereas your your friends at home, you're not kind of as as close to just kind of geographically almost as well. Um, do you have like one favorite camp story that always kind of you have in in your head that kind of makes camp for you from when you were a camper? Wow, um, to kind of nail down one 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 memory that uh, makes me. I, I to be honest, I I don't think I have one memory that can you know sum up camp. I just think it's it's a um, uh, a montage or a, a conglomerate conglomerate of memories of people, things that we've done, activities, um, you know, different special events that happened at camp. And for me, you know, it, it's even different because I still have that. And I still, every year, Bill, have these different um 
relationships and different memories that kind of make camp stand out for me what it does. But I will say, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I, if I look back on what's, what really stands out to me is that I know I became the person who I am because of camp. And, you know, obviously I have my parents who, who taught me everything, but, you know, just the opportunity to live my life at camp for my whole entire life, it, it, it taught me about so many life lessons that I, I don't know if I, how I would have, you know, learned um, somewhere else and that it's, it's taught me um, about how to deal with things and how to live my life. And I think that's what really, you know, not, not just a specific memory, but all my memories and all the um, just amazing, amazing times that I've had at camp over the years that have um, helped to define, you know, who I am. Yeah, for sure. It's hard even, I've only got nine summers under my belt and I can, I, I think of a memory, but I can't remember which summer it is. It's all kind of into one big thing. That's it. Yeah. And then I'll randomly hear a song and I'll be like, oh, that's 2012. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, cool. So from, from there, obviously you, you went through to spending four years as a counselor. Yeah. So my, my, uh, at the time it was called work group, not SIT. My work group summer was 97 and during that time, you use CTP for a division or two. And I really enjoyed CTPing for um, the soft division at that time. So the next summer, 1998, which was my first year as a counselor, I, I moved on to have those campers as my campers in 1998 as my first summer as a counselor. And then again, I moved up with them to ultras. Uh, excuse me, I had them as juniors, and then I moved up with them to ultras in 1999. Um, yeah, and then in 2000, moved to upper camp to have supers. And in 2001, I was the uh, senior assistant group leader for none other than um, one of my best friends, Mark Zalmanowicz. Um So I started my first four years with those divisions. And then in 2002 was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, 2003 was my first summer as a group leader where I was the work group group leader in 2003. And I was, I think I was 21 or 22 and my campers were only a, a few years younger than me. And it was, I, I think I had one of my favorite summers as the work group group leader that summer. Um, Cause they were campers that I had previously as supers. And now they were my campers as work group. And they're actually still um, some of my best friends to this day. Um, having gone to many of their weddings and getting to know them um, with their husbands and wives and their and their children that they have now, um, so certainly the the first few years um, as a counselor and then moving up into a group leader um, were were some of the most amazing experiences of my life. And that was at a time where my friendship group started changing um, from you know still still friendly with the people that I went to camp with, but now becoming friends with, you know, different counselors, different group leaders who I had never been friends with before. And I think that's what camp really gives you the opportunity to do is to just to get to know so many different people on so many different levels, people that maybe you didn't grow up with, but as you, you know, start to get to know each other more and work together, um, you, you really, you know, you, you develop these friendships that to this day are some of the best friendships that you will 
ever have. And I think, you know, if, if one thing that, that camp does is it builds these lifetime friendships and lifetime relationships. I think about, you know, now how I, I, I'm still friends with people that I was friends with 30 years ago and even more so people um, like our adult staff, like Farah and Robin, who were people that when I was a camper, I looked up to and especially someone you know, like Mark and like I said, Eric Roth, who were my group leaders that, um, you know, I always looked up to and envied. Um, and now they're people that, you know, I'm very close with and I, and I call, you know, very good friends. Um, that's what camp does is that it, it, you know, someone, you know, that that's in their thirties could be very good friends with someone that's, you know, in their mid teen life it's just that's how you know these relationships go in camp and it's i think that's what's so amazing is that you get the opportunity to meet so many people and bond and and connect and that's what camp is that's it there's such a such a, a spectrum of of ages and backgrounds and even kind of cultures and stuff it's is crazy just kind of in such a small space, all the, yeah. the melting you know, it's interesting to think how when I was little, someone like Michael Barron, who, you know, I got to spend my entire, my entire life with, was someone that I was able to build such a close relationship with. So, you know, it's just really, it's incredible. Yeah, for sure. I think that was someone that kind of always stood out in my first summer coming to camp. I didn't really know anything about uh, Judaism or about different religions or anything like that I kind of just got thrown into this random camp in the middle of New York and I didn't even know there was an upstate New York I thought it was just New York City was New York so um it was you know a, a crazy place and then I remember going to a naive international exactly and I remember going to Jewish culture and kind of sitting down listening to him talking and learning so much and that since then has always been my my favorite activity to go go to because I I love hearing all the stories and the the stuff that's almost completely removed from my life growing up and things I've never kind of heard about. And then obviously the dancing and singing sides as well are always really fun to, to end off the activity. So obviously whilst you were a counsellor, you got the, the lovely honour of being a um, Olympic leader for japan was it that's it yeah summer of 2000 that was such you know an, an incredible rewarding experience and so much fun and i certainly remember a lot of um you know that summer um i i think that it it gave me somewhat also of a validation of knowing that i was given this honor to lead the camp in olympics and, you know, getting the, the, you know, even though things are not about recognition, it's, you know, the understanding that, you know what, you're doing a really good job. Um, and now we feel confident with you um, leading half the camp in Olympics. So the summer of 2000 and being a leader for Japan was one of the best experiences that I, that I had. I think the adrenaline um, for four days never stopped. Um, it gave me greater perspective on you know, kind of the, the ins and the outs of how the operations of Olympics ran. And I think a lot of that had to do with, um, you know, our assistant director, uh, Vicki Winman, who, again, is someone who I just got off the phone with a couple nights ago, but someone who 
I always looked up to as an administrator, and now I consider one of my really close friends. Um, but working with her and working with my fellow leaders was just an unbelievable experience and something that I always saw as a camper of kind of being like that pinnacle of your, your camp experience that you go on from being a camper to a counselor to being an Olympic leader. It was so much fun. It, you know, it, it brought even more of more of me out of my shell because although I may not like seem like it, sometimes I am a bit of a, an introvert sometimes. Um, <laughs> you laugh, but it's true. I'm a bit of an introvert. Um, and I'm not, I don't always like, sometimes I like having the spotlight, but I don't always like having the spotlight, but I think it was just a really good chance for me to, um, you know, become more of a leader and learn, you know, things that, um, I was not good at and things that I was good at. And how do I kind of find that in between stage, but also, you know, work with my counselors on the things they need to do, cheer on all the campers. And it was just so much fun and, and such a, a memorable experience and every year when we're at um, opening ceremonies and that Japan flag comes around that one person you hear cheering that's me and I will continue to do that amazing and do you remember when you were first like tapped and selected to be be the Olympic leader was it I know normally there's there's always people guessing who they think it's going to be and people kind of think they know who it's going to be so you're kind of keeping an eye out for them how how did it go for you so back then, um, 20 summers ago, it was definitely different of how um, counselors get tapped now mm-hmm. to be leaders. Um, there really wasn't that buzz as much beforehand uh, going around. So no one really had as much of an idea. And the fact was, is that leading up to Olympics, I was on the super trip to Boston at the time. And um the way that I got tapped was um, as myself and one of my and my co-leader Carrie Lipper were walking um, off the bus from cleaning it, uh, that leprechaun line from Boston. Um, Vicky Women walked up onto the bus and said, "Do you want to spend uh, the next five days working with me as an Olympic leader?" And I think I crapped myself and cried and beat my pants and and all those things. Um, but it, and then the, cleaned the bus I, again I, after I, that. I still have goosebumps thinking about that. So that process was a little different, but certainly the honor of it um, has continued to be the same. And it's a, you know, being on the flip side of it where I am in the, you know, the inner circle of, you know, getting to help decide on who the leader is. I, th- I, I take my experience and think of it, what I had and, and who I think, you know, will make a great leader and who's deserving of, you know, being in this leadership role. So I think it's, it's just such a a great experience and rewarding. And, you know, now being able to really um, honor those counselors that are just doing an incredible job. It's, it's amazing. Amazing. And did you guys win? We did. And we won the banner. Amazing. So from, from there, you obviously went, went up to, to being a group leader. Um, Was that from 2002? For the work yeah, group. So, mm-hmm. 2002, um, excuse me, 2003. 2003, I was a uh, work group group leader. Um, and then I, you know, kept moving around to, you know, different divisions. I found, I think, my my calling um, as the, the team group leader because I just felt like that was 
a division where I was able to really connect age-wise with the kids because, you know, as, as a high school guidance counselor, I think, you know, that's the age that I work with throughout the whole year. And, and you know, I, I feel that, um, you know, connectivity with, with those kids. But I, I, I spent my time as, I think, five or six summers as the teen group leader. Um, and then I changed it up and I spent um, a summer as the junior group leader. And um, in the summer of 2008, they combined the sophs and the juniors to become lower camp. So I had lower, lower and upper, lower. Um, and that was a very unique experience to have uh, soft aged campers. And I realized my, you know, where some of my strengths were, but I certainly realized where some of my weaknesses were with having, you know, younger campers and having younger counselors who are babies themselves and, you know, in their first year as staff members. So it definitely put some uh, perspective um, into my eyes of, you know, what I would need to change about myself to become a more effective leader and, and group leader. And I think that, you know, being a soft group leader was a really tough job. And, um, you know, you're really trying to, you know, initiate these seven, eight, nine-year-olds into camp life and being away from their parents and doing things on their own when they've never done things on their own. And it was really hard. And I think I had enough self-awareness to realize that that was uh, not my calling to uh, be working, you know, necessarily with, with that age. And, you know, it's nice to hang out with them, but being able to give them back to their counselors and group leaders <laughs> is uh, the best part of it. Um, and then, you know, after... Um, a couple summers, three summers or four summers of being the team group leader, um, I came back and was the, you know, the trip coordinator, which was a position where I was able to help plan some of the trips before camp started um, and then go on some of, it was mostly the the teen trips that I went on that summer. Um, but it, it gave me a little bit different of perspective and, and being more in an administrative role. Um, so that was kind of my first glimpse into that. And then the following summer, um, which I believe was Mark's first summer or maybe not, um, I was the upper camp unit head where we had, um, aside from our head counselor, who was um, at the time it was Michael Trance, um, I worked with him and Jeff Rothman was our um, lower camp unit head. So I had the opportunity to supervise the, the senior super and teen group leaders um, and campers and, and kind of, you know, support them in their day-to-day -day activities and, um, you know, with activities and any kind of concerns or issues that they had, I would, I would help them with that. Not that I didn't do that as a group leader previously, but now it was more directly as, you know, um, the supervisor of the group leaders and reporting to um, the head counselor, uh, Mike Trance. Um, so I had that. And then I, I realized that, I, as much as I enjoyed doing that job, I, I really missed being directly with the campers. And um, I decided that I wanted to go back to being a group leader. And they also moved from having the two unit heads back to having one assistant head. So it kind of worked out in the sense that I was able to, you know, move on to be the team group leader for the next uh, three summers, four summers. Um, and, you know, it kind of brought me back right back to where I really enjoyed doing what I was doing. And I, and I love the campers that I have. I love the counselors that I had. Um, George, I think we worked together 
was that the summer of 2012 when Itai was the group? Uh, or 2013. I was there for like two weeks? Yeah, 2013. It was, it was my third summer. Yeah. You and Finns. Me and Finzy. So, you know, for example, getting that was really when I got to know you. And I, I, I think that one of the best parts, you know, obviously to me, I, I think the best part is building the relationships that I have with, with the campers that I have. But, you know, pretty much right there, neck and neck is the relationship that I have, you know, with my counselors that I work with. And I think that, you know, the, the fact that I still... Um, and very close with really my first co-international counselor, um, Philip Bergen, or Flip as we call him. He was my co-counselor in the summer of 2000. Um, and then he came back for another few summers and worked his way up to being a group leader. Um, he's someone that my junior year of college, when I went to London, I spent uh, four days staying with him and his family out in England. And I still, you know, we still talk um, every once in a while over the phone, but through Facebook, I'm friends with his wife. He has you know, a kid that he would love to send to camp. Um, but it's a little tougher. Um, but building the, the relationships with, with my counselors, I, I think, is just such a special and unique, um, you know, part of working at camp. And I think as someone who's now uh, older in my years, um, you know, even as someone who's in his, his late 30s, um, I love every opportunity to, you know, really get to know the counselors that I work with and get to know all the other, um, even if they're not my counselors. And I think the summer that, you know, I really got to spend a lot of time with you, George, it was such a unique experience also of, you know, going on a trip to Florida was, you know, such a bonding experience and an opportunity to really, you know, get to know you. And those are really the pieces that, that, that I cherish and where I, you know, have this, you know, really connection with, you know, people from the last 20 years that I've had the chance to work with and, and for a lot of them see as both a camper and as a staff member. And I think that that's something that's so unique is that I've had the chance to have so many, uh, so many, um, whether it be current staff, but past staff as campers also, there's no experience like it where you've seen them really grow up and there's not, there's nothing that beats that. That's it. I think that's one of the one of the things, obviously, that makes each summer so different. Obviously, you're going you're going to the same place, you're doing the same things, but normally you've got uh, a new group of campers and a new group of counselors, so you're you're getting to know so many people um, each summer that you you kind of never would have met met before. So it's it's amazing. I've got certainly different like best friends from different summers that I still still keep in touch with. Like from uh, 2012, there was there was Greg and Dev who came from South Africa who. I, I spoke to just just the other day and I went out a few years ago to Johannesburg and Cape Town to hang out with with Greg and his family and it's like someone I never would have met or got to know if it wasn't wasn't for camp and it probably wouldn't have been the place I would have got on holiday either to be fair so it's it's amazing and I ended up and having I think what's an amazing even, time. even so so much more rewarding and um to give you a little toot, in the, toot on in, on the horn um you know seeing like you and Josh Wollen, Josh, who is my camper when he was eight years old, um, to becoming, you know, an older camper, to becoming a staff member, to become a counselor, to becoming a group leader, to becoming a torchbearer, you know, to, for you, George, someone who, you know, as an international 
staff member, it's not often that that honor of being a torchbearer gets passed on to someone that's only spent such a short period of time. Not that you've now spent a short period of time, but it was just so humbling and amazing to be able to be there when you were honored would happen with being, you know, lighting the torch, which is the pinnacle of any person who's ever been to kindering there, you know, an experience that you could have is just having that honor. And, you know, knowing that we'll, you know, until when we're both 90 years old, that we'll still be going up to camp, you know, you'll be flying in from wherever, whether it's uh, <laughs> driving up from New York with your future uh, wife, um, or, you know, wherever you are, that we'll be able to come up to camp together and still light the torch. Uh, there's nothing that beats that. That's it. I think for, for me, it's, it's the moment that still still hasn't really sunk in. I still don't feel like I should should be up there in that in that line of people. But it's a good good segue for me because that's where I was I was heading next. So obviously, 2011 was a really big year for Camp Kindering, mostly because it was my first summer at camp. But obviously, the other bit was that you you did become the torchbearer that summer. Um, you've kind of touched upon it about how how ridiculous and amazing kind of it is to to be able to receive something like that um how how was it for you did, did you how did you feel that when your name was called that that day so again as we're talking about it, i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it but um you know it was something where you know it's never something that is expected and especially with me as i had seen you know so many of my closest friends like nancy capagna and mark zalmanowitz josh stone um you know, people that I loved and admired, like Joyce Brock um, and Ruth Barron and Mikkel Barron um, and Andy Silverman, who was my um, longtime lifeguard, um, and and be able to see people like Joel Hockeiser and Howie Schwad and Paul Becker, who are these legends, um, you know, Kathy Murphy, Barry Oxman, Cena Parker. Um, that, to me, you know, and, and Vicky, that, that was, that was camp. You know, those are the people that, you know, when you, when you talked about camp, that's what, that, that's what camp is. And, you know, having seen my friends get the torch before me, it, it was always such, you know, an honor to be, you know, be a part of that and to be able to see them get acknowledged and then, you know, walk up that line where they deserve to be to light that torch. So I had no expectations of ever getting, you know, this award. Um, so when Norm, who was the boys head counselor um, for many years and someone who I consider to me to be kind of be like a, a second father, um, got up there to start talking, it, it kind of made me raise my eyebrow for a second. And, you know, Norm is someone that has always been you know, since the early 90s, a big part of my camp experience, both um, as a camper when he was the head of tennis to being my boss from 1999 to 2010, 11, 11 2011, um, you know, having him up there and, you know, starting out a speech, which I, which he framed for me, I actually have it sitting right next to my bed is the speech that he gave, um, when we were up at the cultural center, it was a rainy um, opening ceremonies and we were all shuttled up to uh, the cultural center. And he started talking about, you know, someone who, you know, has spent their whole life in camp and, you know, started in 1984 
and was in uh, The King and I, which was the first camp play I was in in 1988. Um, all of a sudden, I, I, I kind of started looking around. I was like, what is he saying? And I was surrounded at that time by all my fellow group leaders who started staring at me. Um, and, you know, it, it was just amazing and, and, and something that I will always remember. And I'm so happy that I have so many different versions of it from people videotaping it because that's when, you know, your phones were able to video and you were allowed to kind of have your phone on campgrounds. Um, that so many people videoed it and my, you know, my just getting swarmed by, you know, my, my fellow group leaders and all my campers of current and past, it was amazing. And then getting to, you know, walk on that line with the likes of Bill Dubin and Steve Eichenbaum um, and Kevin Uretsky, people that were group leaders growing up that I had slowly started to become friends with knowing that I'm now kind of in that posse with them of, you know, being a torchbearer. And then, you know, all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I, I see my, my parents and my sister-in-law and my brother um, walking into the cultural center, running up to me, uh, my dad crying, sobbing, um, you know, and then being able to light the torch that actually my dad made the torch. Wow. Um, so it, it, it was surreal. And it's something that I will always, always, always value and um, it, I, I wish it were something that I could write on a resume, but um, it's, it's like that saying goes, you know, from the outside looking in, you can never explain it from the inside looking at, from the out, from the outside looking in, you can never understand it from the inside looking out, you can never explain it. Um, and, and, and that's where it holds so true because, you know, when I was, when I got back to work in 2011, I work as a high school guidance counselor and I was trying to explain to my colleagues what that meant. I, I got shrugs and. Okay. Um, but to anyone from camp, you know, it, you know, I, I got so many messages from people saying like, finally, they finally acknowledged you. And, you know, it was, it was validation that, you know, I obviously w was doing something right and that it was, that it was appreciated. So that has to be one of the, if one of, if not the most memorable experience of my kindering life for, for yeah. sure yeah I, I agree with the the trying to describe it to other people obviously even coming back here when i i told my mum um a torch in england is a flashlight so right. be, being the, <laughs> the flashlight bearer is like the power's gone out who's got the the flashlight kind of thing um but then like, obviously i speak to camp people and there was a, a reunion in london um in january and um someone had seen it on on the Instagram. So it had turned up to come say hi. Uh, I think her name was Alyssa Freed. Um, yeah. So her and her husband now live in London. So they came and, and see, came to see everyone. And like I said, hi to her. And she was like, you're, you're, you're a torchbearer, aren't you? And they was like crazy that someone who, you know, I'd never met had known who I was because of that thing. Whereas like you try and describe it to, to the people from outside of that world and they, right. they don't really care. But uh, yeah, it's like, even that's like, I, it's still still so 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 special it's it's crazy um right so i've got i've got three final questions for you ricky you've got all right hit, hit me with them you've got through all the easy bits so this is these are going to be the the hardest bits um so you've already already kind of touched upon this a little bit you said about uh building relationships but what's 
what's the one thing that you've you've taken from camp and you've you've taken into the the kind of rest of your life and and like you say the the other world that is outside of camp yeah um so george i i think the the biggest thing that i've taken from camp is to be who i am and i think that that comes in you know many different facets but the biggest being that um you know to never you know, second guess yourself about something that you're doing if you feel it in your heart. And I think that that's one of the most important things that I've, you know, learned from being at campus is to always, you know, trust my instinct and to value the the friendships and, and the opinions that I that I have and the support that I have and knowing that it's kind of like an unconditional love of, you know, from anyone who's gone to camp, been at camp, will go to camp in the future. Um, so I, I think it's that be, just be, being true to who you are and always keeping, you know, open that support that you have from your, your, your camp people, past, present, and future. Perfect. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then what advice would you give to someone who would be going into their first summer? So it can be either a camper or, you know, a, a staff member um, right. or, or both kind of what would be, obviously you've done, you've done them both. You've, you've, you've been through yeah. kind of everything that someone at, at camp can, can go through. So what would be kind of your, your advice for, for that person? Yeah. Well, I think this goes for campers, staff, admin alike is to um, let your guards down, let your guard down. Um, you know, don't be afraid to be silly. Don't be afraid to let let your true personality shine through. Um, as much as we think that camp people may be judging us, they're, they're not judging us. They're, you know, all in, in the same boat that we are. So just take every opportunity and run, run with it, whether it be a new experience, whether it be a new friendship. Don't be afraid to open up to someone who, you know, you know, a camper that you're building a relationship with or someone who's 97 years old and opening up to them. You know, everyone at camp is there for the same reason as you have, the same reason that you are to enjoy your, enjoy themselves, to build these friendships, um, to get to, you know, really free themselves for the summer. And I think that's what I, I, I take away and would want to um, let any new camper or staff know is to just let your guard down amazing yeah i think that's i think the majority of people that do go to camp kind of leave leave as a different person like i before i'd i'd never want to go and dance at a, a party or anything like that and now i'm i'm the first one up the because because i don't because i don't care because of camp um exactly so we we have already touched on the third question so i think i already know what your answer would be but what okay. what would be your your favorite camp moment or your most treasured camp moment well, of course, you think that I'm going to say in 2011 when I got the torch. Um, mm -hmm. But if I had to think of one, God, one defining moment, experience, um, I'm just going to have to go back to the answer of, George, I can't just give you one because every summer creates just, you know, so many memorable experiences with different people. Um, in, you know, that to pick one would not be fair to 
all the experiences that I've had. And I think that whether you've been at camp for one summer or you've been at camp for 37 summers, you're going to have your ups and downs at camp. But for 99% of people, those ups are going to far outweigh um, any you know negative experiences they've had at camp just because it's camp. And that's really how you could explain it. It's camp and you're in your own bubble. You are living your best life at camp and there will never in life will you have the opportunity to have the experiences that you have in camp. Amazing. I'd, I'd agree. I only asked that question because it is, it's, it's so hard to think of one. I don't think I even have one either, to be honest. It is just, yeah, it's, you, to you have it down, that's not easy. You have one a day, let alone one a right. lifetime. So perfect. Um, so that's it, Ricky. You've, you've, you've passed the, the, the 10 for two test. Right. You, uh, obviously a, a camping legend, which is, is lovely. So thank you very much for, for hanging out and chatting to me. Thank you, George. And, you know, I look forward to seeing, you know, the success that you create with this podcast, because I think it's just such an amazing opportunity for um, not only kindering past, present and future, but for people that are not a part of camp to get a little bit more of an understanding of why people who go to camp are the way that they are. Um, So I wish you well, George, and um, be in touch with you. Lovely.